I'm Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is made in collaboration with The Jewish Journal. This morning, the sun rose. Birds were chirping and the Middle East was still turbulent. Yes, even when Israel is not making headlines on CNN, things still tend to get pretty messy down here. Or up here. We may not always feel it in our rose-colored bubble of Tel Aviv, but the wheels of evil forces keep spinning, enemies are conspiring against us, and we're always prepared for the next war, which might be the last. It's in times like these that it's good to have someone around who can actually understand the Middle East, someone who's devoted his life to explain Israel's complexities, someone who can provide us a little bit of context, someone like Neil Lazarus. Neil Lazarus is one of the most popular Israeli public speakers out there. He's traveling the world, talking about Israel, BDS, and Middle Eastern politics. His YouTube videos are all over the internet, and his seminars are packed. We're so glad to have him here on the show with us today to talk about Israel's current situation in the Middle East. Well, thank you for having me. That thank was you. quite an introduction. <laughs> I feel important now. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the idea. Um, so... Tell us a little bit about what's going on right now as in terms of we've all seen the I mean, we heard about tunnels in Gaza. Right. And 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 we were used to that. And we're we're used to terrorists popping up like prairie dogs in the south. And then all of a sudden, or butchers, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's tunnels up north. Absolutely. Look, we've known that it's been going on now for about three or four years. The reality is we've been keeping quiet. Uh, I think Hezbollah was taken a little bit by surprise uh, that we knew what they were doing. Uh, the intelligence has certainly been uh, about. I think that the, uh, the big picture is not the tunnels. It's not even what's going on in, um, uh, in the West Bank. Mm-hmm. Let's take a step back for 30 seconds. Something has changed in the Middle East, which is dramatic. In the good old days, when we all grew up, it was little Israel, Arab world, you know, surrounding us, yeah. Israel's good. Reality is now that there's something else going on. Since, since Obama signed with the Iranians, the Middle East has changed. The question is no longer Israel. We're not that important. The big question is, are you threatened by Iran? Yes or no? So you've got something like the Saudis. The Saudis are less worried about um, uh, Israel. They're more worried about Iran. Why? Because Iran is the, the threat is the regional threat to all of, uh, or mainly, the Sunni countries in the region. So what I'm arguing is that actually today, this whole, this idea of the map that we, we grow up with, little Israel, Arab world surrounded, that's not the case. Look, you've got Bahrain, <laughs> Bahrain sending congratulations to the government for discovering tunnels in the north. Uh, you've, yeah. got the, you've got uh, Qatar sending $15 million in cash. I love that. I wonder where they got it from. I wish I had... <laughs> do you have $50 million in cash? Yeah, probably uh, from FIFA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, delivering it to Gaza. Uh, and again, so you've got this whole dynamic, which is so totally different. The issue in the north with tunnels, uh, mm-hmm. it's good that we discovered it because the, um, the threat, as you probably know, was a plan by Hezbollah to attack Israel. Um, some of the tunnels, the third tunnel was large enough to have uh, Hezbollah um, motorcyclists 
drive through it. And um, what they were certainly planning from everything that we know is uh, an attack on the north and definitely some of the uh, kibbutzim on the north there. And then from what I understand, the tunnels were actually not for the main forces because they wouldn't be able to fit that many people through them, but for people to kind of scout out and to place ambushes. Uh, to place ambushes uh, uh, there and to uh, effectively have some form of military uh, action at the same time as uh, rockets coming over from the north. Mm -hmm. The timing would be up to uh, Hezbollah itself. So, Many uh, critics uh, looked at the photos from the w construction works of the IDF at the north. And you see there, like, for example, even today you saw a video of a Lebanese soldier with a weapon coming so close with his weapon in his hands to the IDF soldiers and, like, threatening them. And many critics from the right side of the map said... Well, it's ridiculous. What army, like if the United States Army would have done such an operation, an enemy soldier would be able to to approach with a gun, with a loaded yeah. gun? No, they would... It would have been shot. It's a joke. The, the proximity is, is quite frightening. I was uh, speaking to a, an individual whose name I certainly won't give, who was doing his reserve duty there, and he described exactly that situation. That, you know, in his words, it, it mm -hmm. was close enough to pass a cigarette lighter to Hezbollah if they wanted to accept it. Right. Um, These are Hezbollah fighters right on the border? Oh, right. Or? Uh, yes. Yeah, very right. With Unifil uh, in, in the middle. So you've okay. got a, a, a remarkably... Uh, tense situation. I always remind listeners and, and uh, people who participate in my seminars that Hezbollah is a much bigger threat than Hamas. You know, you remember, especially in Tel Aviv, uh, where we are, um, what well, Hamas four and a half years ago had, they, they, they fired 9,000 rockets. Uh, sorry, they had 9,000 rockets. They fired around 3,000, 10% landed on their own people. The which was a great achievement. 36 they fired at one time. If you remember just before the ceasefire, it was like, holy hell, what was that? Yeah. Um, um, that was then. We estimate that uh, Hamas now has around 14,000 rockets. Um, if you have a look at the, what was it, a few weeks back, we had 480 rockets being fired from Gaza into Israel over that weekend of violence. There we saw a change, and it was interesting for us to watch. Uh, the Iron Dome was more under threat because they were firing very quickly. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you were watching your phones and watching it was like, the, yeah. the, 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 the beeper couldn't keep up as far yeah, as how quick. you saw. Right, the, unbelievable yeah. speed, which was challenging the Iron Dome as, uh, in many ways. And we, we had uh, houses hit, um, a few houses for hit our, directly. For our listeners, I, uh, the, most of you probably don't know, but in Israel, you have the Homeland uh, Security actually uh, pushing. It, pushing push notifications yeah. just like push notifications on your mobile phone you get it on the tv and so you can see all the areas and every time a rocket goes off you see all these names of cities at the top right corner of the screen and yeah uh, the right. weekend you were talking about it was just non-stop right. so if you think about that uh that may, is made to look like peanuts compared to hezbollah yeah uh, if they had 9,000 rockets in the last war, they probably have around 14,000, we estimate today. Hezbollah? Uh, Hez no, uh, Hamas. Hezbollah, Hezbollah has around 120 000. to 140,000. I uh, heard even bigger numbers yeah, by some estimations, but who yeah, knows? Yeah, we know. Well, yeah, um, how many? I'm sorry, I missed that. How many? <laughs> we were arguing the number. The number yeah, is around 140,000, between 120,000. And I read between 200 and 300,000. And these are also farther range, Certainly more further advanced. range, and the ability to fire quicker. So in yeah. other words, they can launch around 1,000 a day. So, wow. Yeah, what it means is, well, the, the, the size of the threat that they are imposing on us 
it's so immense that and it also has two or three tunnels are insignificant. Because no, but it's not insignificant because if you send forces to ambush you from behind, that can completely man, throw off an army. You know, they're going to fuck us up so bad next time, it won't even matter. It has to be mentioned that also Hezbollah forces have been, like, they're war, uh, they're worn. They're they're basically, there's an idea of, like, fresh soldiers as opposed so have, to yeah, right. soldiers so who have been two, through right. battle. Right, you, you, you have two issues. One is uh, um, they have been f fighting in Syria. Uh, so they're war-worn, but you're absolutely right. They're also uh, experienced in fighting. Yeah. Um, no, but, I'm saying war-worn is actually a good thing in the sense that... For whom? For whom? No, for Hezbollah in the sense that they're not like fresh soldiers might be might have more energy, but they're, they're more trep trepidatious and they're not like as used to being in the battle. Whereas Hezbollah is like, it's yeah, every day for them. It's just Look, like, Hezbollah well. also in, within Lebanon has its own problems. Um, many people have been asking for many years, why are we, you know, the, the parents of Hezbollah, it sounds funny, but Hezbollah has the equivalent of your Jewish mother, if you like. Is <laughs> why are we sending our sons to go and fight other Muslims? They had casualties in the Syrian right, war of one, thousands. Right, exactly. Right? So there's also a question of what's the role of Hezbollah? Uh, and they also have to be aware of their own domestic um, issues and their own domestic concerns at the same time. And yet, what do you think about my insights about the rockets? Uh, what, that they're dangerous? That, that, we're that it's basically... Doomed. We're doomed, yeah. <laughs> Sooner well, or later... We're never, do we're never doomed. Is that the uh, pessimism is the luxury of the lazy. Okay. Um, well, not doomed, but the threat is something we have never seen before. I, there, anything. I would uh, there would I agree. I would agree with you. Uh, a war with uh, Hezbollah directly would be a, uh, a war uh, which would be of historic proportion. Perhaps we haven't seen certainly since 1967. Look, I remind you, if we're talking about Americans, uh, American listeners, we had a joint operation with the American uh, army. Uh, not uh, too many months ago, where we simulated exactly that situation. Right. Israel and uh, America fighting together with the, the situation of being attacked from the south, being attacked from the north, um, both from Lebanon and Syria at the same time. Jennifer Cobra. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, what you also remember, you've what also is, got the. It was, was the Cobra. Name yeah, it was a drill. For the drill, released the code name. No, um, is, no it's yeah, it's, it was. Yeah, they yeah, talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you also got the question: is where the Russians are going to be playing in on it? So you've got a potential here, which is huge. Look, the Russians are now uh, saying. The Russians are now saying. Um, <laughs> by the way, I'm not sponsored by the Ministry of Tourism. Um, <laughs> is, Obviously, <laughs> is but life is good here. Is, is. It no, is. but but that's the irony. It's like we can talk. I mean, if I talk for too long, it gets depressing, which is what my wife said to me at breakfast. But the, <laughs> luckily, not in sex, though. Well, it is. Um, but the reality. No comment. <laughs> is, well, if you do talk for too long in sex, it does get they, boring. You're, you're talking as if you're talking from experience. <laughs> then, um, yeah, that lost my chain of thought. <laughs> so well, I actually I, I yeah. have a I have a question. Okay. What do you say to the people who? Because uh, there was a lot of criticism from the left when this came out about the, the tunnels that the the timing was interesting that uh, certain. Uh, Uh, charges had been recommended against the uh, uh, to be brought against the prime minister Benjamin Netanyahu in the what was it case 4000 right <coughs> uh, and the allegation against him and the next day we suddenly start this uh, military yeah. operation 
look, the military like distraction. The, right. The military operation had been planned before. Uh, the plans were out there. Uh, the timing of it does seem somewhat fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that Netanyahu's strong point in the Israeli public uh, is of security, of the perception of external threats. Um, and I think he does play that card quite well. Uh, that criticism wasn't only from sort of like fringe left that came from the uh, opposition parties mm-hmm. uh, within Israel. No, if you look at Lieberman, uh, who um, the Minister of Defense, as you know, which uh, resigned, part of his, resign- uh, his resignation was based on the fact that we let we suddenly came to a peace deal with Gaza after 480 Dead rockets. End. Dead end. That's it. We're over. Let's deal with the North. Re- realistically, if we wanted to try and put a jury on it and try and discuss, um, you know, fairly. The threat from the north is much more of a threat than uh, Gaza. That's for sure. The question of whether now or whether it could waited another month, we don't know. Right. I mean, there, there may there may well have been more intelligence that, than, than has been released, saying that this was the need for an imminent operation was necessary. Mm-hmm. Now so what, but, that's to give benefit of the doubt. But well, I, I agree with you. It, is, it seems somewhat. But my, what I always wonder is, and again, I'm not necessarily, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but is what what does a distraction like that provide? I mean, a full-out war perhaps, but what does like practically a distraction like that, what could it potentially provide for for the prime minister? Meaning, would it be... Uh, public pressure would be t- would be diverted so that people. I mean, because th- I guess what it's implying is that the attorney general actually acts on public pressure, and that if the public is focused on the war, then he's not going to feel the pressure. But that kind of takes away from the integrity of the attorney general. I'm not saying I agree with your conspiracy theories. Okay. Yeah. But they're they're interesting conspiracy theories. Um. So I'm not saying I agree with what you said. <laughs> Number one. No, it's Num- not a conspiracy. I'm just saying... It's a conspiracy theory, but that's okay. That's good. Life is more interesting. Is, <laughs> um, the I come back and say the same thing, which yeah. is the, the uh, public image of, of Benjamin Netanyahu as Mr. Security, of defending yeah. Israel from the now Iranians... Now he's the Minister of, of Defense. He's not, as well as a few others, Foreign Ministry, etc. Um, I think bodes well for his position with the Israeli public... Yeah. No, but what I'm saying, I think you misunderstood. What I'm saying is I'm asking if the implication of this criticism is that the attorney general is actually uh, swayed by public opinion. Is that what they're implying or is there some other kind of... I don't know, uh, benefit that he the, could the, be. The public... Uh, no, I'm just wondering what you... Defense lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just wondering if that's what you think they think or if it's... That I don't know somehow this I don't know what it pro- I was just trying to imagine what it provides for the prime minister and I can't I, I, other I can than that. say that today I read um, that the chief of the IDF explicitly wanted and and advised the minister of defense which is Netanyahu to do this action promptly. This yeah. was published so again today. I think it's much easier to be able to speculate. Um, in the comfort of uh, you know of uh, a studio in Tel Aviv, rather than um, having all the information at our mm-hmm. at our hands, which is why I yeah. you know I, d- I don't like the conspiracy th- theories. Yeah, okay. Um, but you know everything is is correlated in the sense that Iran is standing behind Hezbollah, right? Right. And I even read today that the tunnels were dug with Iranian knowledge and technology, sure. and Iran is in on the brink of a very bad period, so I read. 
And the reason is Trump, which we like, yet American Jews hate. So let's rearrange all that in our minds. Well, you've got, look, there's a, there's a whole uh, a phenomenon of, what, uh, uh, of Trump, Obama, us, and American Jews. Right. All of which and is Iran. about, and, and Iran, all of which is going to be explained in a British accent. So, <laughs> okay. one, I'm not over the fact that America has got independence. It was a mistake. <laughs> If they had paid their taxes, life would have been so much better. You still rule Australia <laughs> and Canada, though. Such, such, a, such a waste <laughs> of tea in Boston. As to, yeah. you know, I laid a reef there uh, when I visited last. Um, but the reality is, uh, look, as follows. Remember, around 70% of American Jewry support, uh, supported the Democrats. Um, we are seeing, and I'm seeing a lot when I speak um, to different groups, both in the States and here, a simple question, which is, look, I'm Jewish. I, bottom line, I support Israel, but I'm having increasing problems with the value that the state of Israel uh, represents, especially under the prime minister. If I supported Hillary, uh, I don't support Trump. Trump is seen as sexist, racist, being supported by extreme uh, right-wing white groups. Why is it the prime minister of Israel Uh, supports um, Trump. And if he does, then what value system, why should I be supporting um, Israel it's, itself? Because there's this unholy alliance between Trump and Netanyahu. I think that that's a real challenge. We, we spend so much time talking about anti-Semitism and BDS and people hating us. The reality is I think that we're losing the soul in many ways of American Jews. Um, and this idea of Israel which we are, is a liberal, pluralistic society with its challenges and with its problems, um, but a democracy with its challenges um, is, is being lost. And I think that that in the short to, you know, midterm is much more of a challenge than people boycotting us or anti-Semitism or anything else, is in 15 years' time, how relevant will Israel be to American Jews? If it will be. And if it will be. And, and, and I think in many ways Israel Israel's changing. If America was once sort of like the parent looking after the child Israel, um, I think Israel today has reached a different age. We kind of become not a teenager, but we're like 18 years old. We, you know, like 18-year-olds is like, I'm an adult, don't tell me what to do. I can make my own decisions now, but can I have some money? And, and that, that's like where we are today. And, and I think that relationship between American Jew and Jews and America and Israel is lost on many Israeli audiences. But I, Trump is fucking Iran, right? And by doing that... I mean, he's fucking them over. Yeah, it's a metaphor. Yeah, he's not fucking them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in that pure sense... He is doing what is in our best interest. So hold on, you start to get an interesting case. Who's our? Israel. So why is Israel's interest necessarily the same interest as American Jewry? Well, Because many of American Jews supported Obama's uh, reaching out to Iran and, hey, let's work together because better a bad deal than no deal. So that's the dilemma. So You said it. I'm, I, I would say the. I would say to support the deal. To support yeah, yeah. the deal. Yeah. Right. But many we had Michael Oren here telling about that. But that. But but, uh, but they don't get it. Right. They don't get it. Even today, after everything that happened, the Syrian war that was but they don't funded get it. with the money that Iran got from the deal. Look, I think that uh, unlike programs like yourself, where you have people coming and discussing many of the issues, right? In uh, American, whenever I'm in the States, you said you were in the States. I'm, I'm flabbergasted by the, uh, the, the television coverage of what's going on in the Middle East. 
I'll, I'll always remember being in the States and they were watching, um, I was watching some, I'm, I'm a really boring person, watching a famine in Africa, a program on, I, I had jet lag, you watch anything at yeah. three in the morning, right? <laughs> famine in Africa. And suddenly they go over, we're stopping this story because Justin Bieber is coming out of court. It's like, are you real? Americans don't, American news is not covering really what's happening here. It's a situation of one second, you know, one minute sound bites, two minute sound bites. Yeah. Can I talk, should I talk to Iran or go to war with Iran? It's easy. Let's talk to Iran. That's where it's coming. So they don't understand the threat. And that's the challenge, I think, which Israeli public relations is failing on. Well, I want to go back to the point about the the problem, the problematic nature of Netanyahu's and Trump's. Uh, I see you're a big fan of, of Netanyahu. No, <laughs> I mean he only voted for him for him Once. three times. Once. How many Absolutely. beers did you have uh, before I voted for yeah. him? Yeah. Uh, I was in the army, so probably ah. not too many. I was on base, ah. so I couldn't have any alcohol. Not yeah, but that was later. Anyway, um, <laughs> so what? I, what I want to? I, I, I'm not a, such a huge fan of Netanyahu, but what I uh, come to the show, BB. But want I want to. I want to know why the, the 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 alliance is problematic. I mean, I I can I get I get the discomfort with kind of cozying up to because I'm not a fan of Trump. I'm a fan of many of his policies. I'm not a fan of the guy he is and the right. value system that he holds. Uh, but he's better for demeanor. But he's good for Israel. But I'm saying, yeah. I mean, I get the discomfort of him cozying up to to Trump, but I think, I mean, I'm much more bothered by Israel's alliance with Turkey or you know with with the 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 uh, um, covert talks that are happening with Saudi Arabia and that kind of stuff. Then I mean, we need. We can't isolate ourselves completely. Okay. So I mean, what what like what is the I guess what I'm asking is what are you suggesting between that 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 should be the nature of the relationship between, between Neten- who? Netanyahu and Trump? No, I uh, look. I, I I'm not saying I agree with what yeah. the, which with the voice that I'm hearing a lot of from American jury. Not not all. Many you know, there's Jews that supported uh, Trump. Mm-hmm. But in that voice, the voice that you hear is, you know, we should be talking to Iran. We can bring them on side. It's better to talk to people. I think is naive. I think Why? They, because I don't think they understand the nature of the Iranian regime, which is an expansive. So help them understand. That's what I do. In other words, to understand that, you know, when uh, when um, uh, Iran calls Israel the small devil, there's a yeah. big one. It's called the United States of America. When they start shouting death to Israel, it's always death to America. We actually have the same problem and the same enemy. And I think on Iran, it should be much easier to explain them, for example, some of the dilemmas we have with the Palestinians and some of the choices and real choices we have with the Palestinians. Um, But we're being based on a different value system. And many people was like, hey, let's just talk to each other. Let's just sit down and understand. Mm -hmm. And they they don't get the regime, which is a brutal regime that kills opponents. So basically, we're like you. You don't like kind of the the tenor of their relationship, but you're you're in favor of the U.S.-Israeli alliance and the fact that, and you're in favor of the policies that Trump is 100%. supporting for Israel oh, on okay. the foreign. I yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just expressing. You just don't like. The I'm, fact ex- that I'm expressing. Kind of, I'm expressing the voices that I hear within the yeah uh, the, the questions that so I people get. Despise you. People spit on you, and you tell them I, that no, Trump here's, rules. Here's a here's an interesting uh, uh, story. When I was in the UK, uh, I was given a lecture, and I finished the lecture, and three big guys came up to me, and it's like, "Hello." <laughs> 
And I said, where are you from? They said, uh, I'm from, and they were all Iranians. And they were disagreeing with the fact that I was calling for the boycott of Iran. Oh, God. And it's like, in the end, it was quite funny, I, I, which I always do when I have these situations, is I said, all right, we're going to have to agree to disagree, but give us a hug. <laughs> and, uh, You're back and, out Yeah, it's like, give us a hug. And, <laughs> and <laughs> you can see this like, guy, like, look at me. I was like, Nah, <laughs> and walked off. So I always give this whenever His I talk to. But on the other hand, I've had situations. Uh, a few years back, I was in the in Canada, and I was taking a um, a cab to the airport, four o'clock in the morning. And you know, I always talk to people. If you, if you find people interesting, you're never bored. So I um, I was talking to the cab driver, and I said to him, "Where are you from?" And he said, "I said, you know, you're not born in Canada." He says, "No, no, I'm from Lebanon." Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that's interesting. And then he goes, "Have you ever been to Lebanon?" And he didn't know, at that time, he didn't know, you know, from Israel. So I said, uh, I haven't been to Lebanon, but some of my friends have. I've even got friends who visited Beirut. Uh, I hear it's a very pretty place. <laughs> and then there was this, like, awkward moment. And then um, he says, so where are you from? So then I have this sort of, like, 30 seconds dilemma. It's like, do I say, you know, I am from Israel? Or I say, I'm from Britain. Hello, Harry Potter. Um, so, I, so I said, I'm from Israel. Longer pro- moment. Then we started talking, and the conversation lasted. The journey was about ten, fifteen minutes. And I said, um, at the end, we got to the airport. You know, with me, with my Hezbollah supporting uh, uh, driver yeah. to the airport. And he said to me, he says, um, I, I, I paid him, and I said, go on then, shake my hand. He said, I'll shake your hand in Canada, but I won't in, you know, I won't in the Middle East, in Palestine. Yeah, in Palestine. But, you know, it's like part of the journey and part of the opportunity of traveling out of Israel also in my work is that you meet people who don't agree. You don't always meet. I mean, you, you can might talk as well. to these people. What's nice is you can talk to these yeah. people in a Until civilized society. Yeah. No, ah, because that's it's, harsh. Yeah, because it's no, in the, because most of the time you can't go out and talk to these people. Right. But if it's if it's in the United States or it's in Canada, it's at least in the context of a civilized thing is for an Israeli in, in, in Europe when you when you order an Uber. Right. And you see an Arab name, you you have the scenario in your head. You're going to get kidnapped, brutally murdered, and then your body is going to be traded for a ransom. And it just crosses your mind, and you have a whole Specific. cover story. You have a lot of hang-ups, no? <laughs> you have, a lot, have you talked to anyone about this? Yeah, well, your fears? I think every Israeli experiences it. But, no, it, but it's, it's true. There is a certain level of anti-Semitism in Europe that's kind of... Uh, you never know who's the guy. He might be a Palestinian. You know, you don't know who is this guy. And by the way, now in Uber, they have this new emergency uh, setup. You you know, really? yes, yes, yeah, yes, exactly yes. for Israelis. Yeah, like you can pick like an emergency, and someone can follow where you're going in your Uber. It's perfect. Never happened to me, and so. I'm happy. I I always talk to people, and I I'm never I'm never scared of saying who I am, what I am. But this is, you're mostly traveling in the United States. Uh, no, I travel. I mean, I travel in the UK, Canada, ah, yeah. Australia, m- many places okay. to speak. Um, yeah. Get to around thirty thousand people a year. Wow! And yeah, it's, and is I'm, it mostly where in the United States? In college campuses, college in, campuses, uh, communities. Um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting situation. Um, it's not always you know you talk about anti-Semitism. Uh, it's certainly there. Um, Have you experienced the kind yeah, of yeah? I've, ha- I've had situations. Right, I've had situ- certainly have had situations uh where it's it's certainly been challenging i was in um one university a liberal arts university in the states which Uh-oh. is a wild story <laughs> so i'm talking this guy starts heckling me and it's like oh, no, no. then someone from the other side of the room stands up 
It's a big guy, and he goes, looks at this guy who's heckling. He goes, "You're being very rude. <laughs> We're inviting Mr. Lazarus to speak, and you're stopping him." Walks over, grabs the guy who's heckling, throws him out the building. Meanwhile, the little thin ra- uh, Chabad rabbi had to run after him, broke the two up. At the end of the meeting, wow. this guy comes up to me and goes, I'm sorry about that. But ever since I served in Iraq, I've had some anger issues. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm so glad you're on my side and not, <laughs> and not disagreeing with that. So you meet all, t- all types of people when you're out there. And um, at the end of the day, I think anyone who speaks, the message has to be, let's have a conversation. Don't have to agree with everything that we say. So can we, can you please tell us, uh, in light of Trump's sanctions, what is the current situation in Iran and how are they dealing with it and how will it affect us? So the situation in Iran is certainly the sanctions are biting. They're certainly feeling the pressure. Uh, Iran is seeking to circumvent uh, those sanctions uh, by finding other trade uh, partners, including Europe, including China uh, and other groups. Um, Pay attention, and if anyone's really interested in this in your uh, listeners, uh, I very much encourage people to go on Twitter, um, or as the Americans say, Twitter. Um, I'm working on my American accent. Um, on Twitter, what you're see- Twitter is what you're seeing is you see uh, many of the videos of the protests which are going on in uh, Iran Still? Being, yeah, being posted. Not as much as they were maybe three, four months ago. Uh, but they're certainly there. Look, when you see videos which are being posted uh, with people screaming and shouting death to the, dicta- to the dictator, that is something within Iran. Um, they're, not yet, they're not there yet. They don't have the force. They don't have uh, the external support. But it's certainly um, something to keep a, an eye on. The, the more the sanctions, as far as I'm concerned, the better because it puts pressure on the Iranian regime. But I was, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not well read on this. But I was reading an article about the who are these people that are because there's, there's a certain contingent in Iran that's rising up, right? They're of a certain kind of uh, political affiliation. I'm not sure who they are. Do you know? Uh, I can't remember who it was. That there was the it was it was the article was criticizing uh, John Bolton, the right uh, for supporting this group, which is actually kind of driving the main resistance. And yeah, look again, again, part of the uh, issue is a question of who's rising up and what are what are their interests. Yeah, because um, a lot of the times we have this authoritarian I, regime, and then anybody who comes up, we're like, yeah, but then and then we're the, like, uh oh, right, and and <laughs> and that's been the the history and the tragedy of American foreign policy yeah. over the last century. So I think that's certainly uh, uh, an interesting case, and certainly the case of who is the leadership? Are they religious clerics? Are they? Uh, an anti-authoritarian voice which is supporting democracy mm-hmm. or elsewhere. Um, and I think that, yeah, you know, you're, you're right to bring that up. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what we're, it's yet where to be we're seen, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. more of like an amorphous, because I think this group was actually outside of Iran, at least right. the leadership right. wasn't in Iran. So it's interesting who is actually pushing the... Time will only say, time yeah. will tell, time will tell. Yeah. And that, that would affect us eventually, because... Even though they have this crisis on their doorstep, they still invest huge amounts in Syria and Lebanon. And that's raising the anger of many of the people in Iran. In other words, the lifting of sanctions by the Obama administration was believed to raise a situation, would um, um, make the situation better. My English is getting worse. 
my Hebrew's not getting better. My English gets worse. <laughs> I can't speak any language after about seven in the evening. Is I speak English good? Um, is uh, that was a source of the anger. I knew it was going to come out eventually. A source <laughs> of the anger uh, of many of the demonstrators originally, which was, hold on, sanctions have been lifted. We were expecting to get the money. We were expecting to have a better life. And all the money is going to Hezbollah and fighting uh, foreign, uh, foreign wars. So there is a backlash there. And it's certainly, you know, watch, watch that space. Um, but like I said, we have to connect everything. We have to connect the North. We have to connect Iran. Uh, we have to connect what's happening uh, in Gaza because there there is a connection between all of them. Right. Bottom base is is Iran in many ways, and that that's where I agree with Netanyahu. I mean, I'm I'm not necessarily the greatest fan either. Yeah. But I think on the foreign policy side, his uh, he perceives the threat, which is right, uh, which is um, and it's not just Israeli media; they are an expansionist threat uh, to many countries in the region. And I know you're very uh, um, depressed, so I wanted to give you some thought. Uh, no, I mean, it's just that in the next war, I'm b- I'll anyone, be on the first plane anyone who wears to yellow, Italy. Anyone who wears yellow headphones must be upset. Noah's <laughs> 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 always the pessimist. He is. Well, Look, but here's, so let me give you some good news, yeah. which is the situation is much better than it's ever been before. Why? It's where we started. The rise of the threat of Iran raises a bigger question, which is your enemy's enemy is your friend. The Saudis, I'm not saying the liberal vegetarians, which is good because I don't like vegetarians because it's a waste of time. Meat. Oh, no, you're not. A ve- are you a vegetarian? No, no, no. Okay, so that's why they killed the Khashoggi. Yeah, that's right. Because he, he was a meat eater. I'm not saying the Saudis are, are sort of like liberal vegetarians. They do have a tendency to kill people in their own consulate. But the reality... Bury them in the backyard. Yeah, and then bury them afterwards and say, well, there's nothing to do with us. But look, they're less worried about Israel today than they are uh, the Iranians. How is that a comfort for me? It's a comfort for you because the Middle East today doesn't see Israel as a center threat. In other words, today, Israel today has many more partners, has any has many more um, uh, countries which are not seeing Israel as a threat, but are seeing Israel as a partner. And that's good news. But on the I don't I, yeah. I, I have to say, and I know this sounds racist. <laughs> I'm not going to actually phrase it that way. <laughs> I have to say, I don't I don't I don't trust like I, there's people with kafias no there's something very deeply rooted i mean the fact that the iranians like you said call america the big devil they signed a deal with the devil they're not afraid to shake hands with the enemy i mean it's a concept in islam i can't remember what it's called who's the, they t- uh, who's the they islamic people i know it's a generalization but there's a deeply rooted concept of of okay, of okay. hold Thank on you hold for, on let me make yeah. my case there's a deeply root of concept of being deceptive in order to achieve your goal. Um, right. And I think that that is, meaning I, I'm not, I'm, I'm saying this, look, I don't know why we have to tiptoe around this. These, these are despicable countries, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Lebanon, Syria, Bahrain. they're all despicable yes. countries. Right. And I'm not so con- like comforted or consoled by them shaking hands with us. I just think that they're waiting to take over Iran. and They then would step tar- us in the, in the back first in a chance minute. they get. I think there's a couple of things. One is I think that uh, no, no one is saying that these are great countries. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. No, I just, it's like when you say, you know, they, and then they're like, who they? And then you're like, okay, Islam. So there's, a like, cu- 
It's like uh, I'm not talking about Islamic people. I'm talking about Islamic countries. Some of your best friends are Muslims. Yeah. Is... And black and gay. But don't get in an Uber <laughs> with them. Okay. No, seriously. I'm talking about Islamic countries. Countries that are... Okay, so there's a couple of things. First of all, there's Islam... Um, the basic concept of Muslims, okay, yeah. is one is, is, is very simplistic. Look, more Muslims have killed more Muslims than they have Israelis and Jews. Yeah. The division between Sunnis and Shiites is historic. And but that's not a great argument real. in their favor. <laughs> I, I'm not saying it is. What I am saying is that there's something else which is going on, which is, look, if they're not aiming at us, I'm not, I'm not expecting the Arab world to, I don't know, sing the Hittik Fat and watch Fiddler on the Roof. In reruns, but right, <laughs> <Quite movie>. nice, <laughs> right? one of my favorites. Right, but th- what I am saying is that I would prefer that countries are brought together with mutual interest. It doesn't mean that they love us, but they will not oppose us, and they can even work towards us. Does that mean Iran certainly is pushing countries towards Israel yeah. again? It doesn't mean that we have to love everyone that we, we do business with. It never has done. No other country does. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we support their type of government. But if they're not calling for our destruction, that's got to be good. Yeah. Second of all, economics, we're starting to see, is also uh, emerging uh, and, and connections um, within the Arab world today. Look, even today, for example, Jordan is trying to calm down the situation of what's going on in the West Bank as well. And uh, a situation in the West Bank which is uh, increasingly favorable to Hamas, is not good for Jordan. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so what I'm getting at, this idea of Arabs and Muslims, etc., you know, I, I laugh when I hear people saying, well, Jordan is Palestine, you know, the, the right-wingers. Yeah. The last thing you want is Jordan to be a Palestinian state. Why? All right, because it's a, border, it's a country on your longest border, which would be um, uncertain and um, unstable. Yeah. The reality, the reality is that Jordan is, despite arguments we have, a very good partner for Israel. So are the Egyptians. Until they fall, until the king eats a dictatorship of a minority tribe, and in the day they fall, it won't be relevant well, anymore. Well, you know, we have to think short term in order to yeah. live long term. All I'm saying is it's a strategic alliance. It's not an alliance of values. 100%. And, totally agree and, with and, you. And those are, those are flaky. You know, they're not like... I'm I not... prefer to be flaky yeah. than I think. No, no, no. And it's very frustra- frustrating for us as Israelis that in the end of the day, Iran, someone is sitting there with two levers, right? And they have their boots on, on our neck in the sense that they pull the, the lever and Hamas is throwing is balloons why. and they burn our south. They pull the, pull the second lever and, uh, and uh, Lebanon and Hezbollah is launching rockets on us. 100%. And our fate is completely... In their hands, and we are dancing to their flutes. Not necessarily. It's so depressing, isn't it? Is I'm challenging I, you. No, no. He, no he's, just is, he's just depressed. He's just depressed. Just depressed. He's begging you to give him an like an answer. It's because his girlfriend <laughs> left. No, oh, sorry. It, it was three years that ago. Was, okay, we're okay. I'm so, moving on. Ouch! Ouch! Personal. <laughs> I'm trying to understand his what depression. What happens before we record stays before we record. <laughs> Please. Please. Is. The re- to make you feel less depressed yeah, is as follows. Namely, the uh, first of all, is we're taking the initiative. Why, for example, where we started, the idea of Iran, uh, of the tunnels coming from Lebanon. It's they- we're reacting. It was their initiative. And it, it's, it's an act of war. And instead of, of retaliating, 
we do nothing. So how is it our why, why do you always think that the Israeli army sits and does nothing? That was a conversation stopper. <laughs> In other words, it's not we're sitting there waiting to be hit. How do we know where the uh, Iranian uh, nuclear facilities are? How do we get photographs of nuclear facilities? How do we... Do so we Israel is very proactive. How did we know where the tunnels were? All right. It's you want a, you want a brute show of force. And what are you I'm looking not, for? No, I'm not. It's not about what I want. I'm putting it out there that we always react. We never initiate. In the that's, old that's... days, Israel would initiate. Um, at least the things we can talk about. Maybe there are things we cannot talk about. I think you know what I'm saying. I and it's frustrating what... for the citizen. No, I hear you. I, and and much of that was the criticism, for example, of Lieberman saying we shouldn't just sit there and uh, not respond. We should, you know, uh, respond more. And I think that certainly to some extent, uh, and here I would unfortunately agree with you, is the one. <laughs> Come on, I'm just so mean. It could, um, is. Um, that there is a sense, and I agree with you, that Israel's lost its deterrence factor. In other words, people are less scared. And there is, you know, that that uh, that great expression which doesn't translate into Hebrew of a, a balabai tishtaga. To English. Is, right, which is, sorry, into English, which is, you know, the, la the landlord has gone mad, just doesn't work <laughs> for me. But the sense of I, Israel... I in the UK, landlords nah, don't go mad nah. often, right? They're it's like, like you know, the concept of... Uh, Israel being unpredictable, but don't mess with it. I'm not sure that we've we've re retained that. And there, I agree with your okay. with your worries. It's also like an issue of. I feel like at, at, at previous points in history, we understood, or we were at least more uh, connected with the Arab psyche and the Arab culture, which has everything to do with honor. It's a lot to do with honor, I think, and I think that that's respect. why they're so good. Respect. That's why they're so good. What, for, why, first of all, when we destroy their their nuclear facilities, it probably hurts them. But really, they can shake it off. And why they're so good at like at like basically winning the 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 global stage is because they know how to. That's what's important to them is kind of how they look and how they come yeah, out. That they I'm, come out on top. I think you're making a lot of racial uh, stereotypes. I think it's cultural. I think it's cultural. I mean, come on. It's but, not but, racial. But again, I'm not saying saying that he's because... been called a Nazi this week on uh, Facebook. Yeah, I was, I was called no, a Nazi. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't go that, that far. I was but... called Hitler slash Nazi. It's like the Hitler wasn't enough. <laughs> they needed to add a slash Nazi. It's like, oh, okay. Take your pick. <laughs> yeah, take your pick. Whichever one. No, I, I, I would. First of all, I, you know, I would, I would obviously never call you a Nazi or. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank et you. I, I may suggest that you have some uh, racist tendencies. <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I, don't think I don't think there's anything racist about it. I think that there's understand. I'm not. Because, I'm not implying that someone hold on, who's an Islamic. Egyptian, an Egyptian is different from a Syrian. A Syrian is different from an Iranian who's not even Arab. But they all like Holmes. But they all <laughs> no. But they all are adherents of the same religion, which well, no, is. But well, for example, if you are, we compare Iranians to uh, Saudis. They're different not, sects of, of uh, Islam. Sunnis and Shiites is a bit like, is is a remarkable difference with. Yeah, but Islam. I think that of course you can. No, we can talk about the differences and the distinctions for days, of course. But we have to at some point agree that there's also some kind of underlying connection between them. I mean, they all believe that Muslim that Muhammad is the prophet. Okay. And they all, you know what I mean? There, are, there is some. But I think kind you have of... to be. Well, what I'm trying to suggest is to be careful of. Uh, uh, very broad paintbrushes, which uh, 
cover, which cover a few, you know, million billion. people. Yeah, billion a people. Billion. Over yeah, a billion right. people. It's so, so much so that's fun. Gone. No, I don't think it's fun. I think it's important. It's important to but kind I of... But I think it's simplistic. Both are important. Both I, think are, I, think I don't it's think simplistic. it's a matter of simplistic. I think it's it's important to analyze things on all levels. And I think 100%. like... 100%. It's like when you manage a business, you need to have the micromanagement. You need to manage from a macro level. You need to look at things at all layers. And at if you look at it at a high level, you can say, okay, there are certain commonalities. Yeah. And I think one of the commonalities is... I mean... Like Jews are good in business. Like Jews suck. That's a commonality between most Muslim what nations. What are you two guys on? <laughs> it's like, what is this? The, the racist hour? I mean, no. it's like, we are, well, pretty, good. We oh, are pretty good in business. All uh, Jews are bus- uh, good at business? No, they're not. No. All Jews are rich? No, they're but not. But Jewish culture has the tendency to be good in business and in innovation. In America, yeah, come on, okay. Well, we won't get out of this one. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, Jewish, like Jews who came to America, two were racist more, Jewish boys, were more, were more <laughs> yeah, innovative, yeah. were more innovative than other minorities. This is like two no, white Jewish boys who were racist. It's like, come on. No, we're very nice. Okay, we're very. Well, hold on, you're you're born you're born Jewish, born Jewish, wow. and therefore you're good at business. No, it's not a matter of not because you were born Jewish, but because of cultural things. Like for for Jew for Jews who were not religious in the nineteenth and then twentieth century, education and making ends meet was a very important value. I'd say if you took a black Muslim and oh put him God. no and put him in Israel at age zero, like he would have these. You know what I'm saying? Like. It has nothing to do with race or the blood within your body or anything like that. It has to do with culture. That's what I'm saying. Is that there's certain val there's a certain value system that we live in, and you can't deny, like from age zero. My parents have been teaching me lessons. You know what I mean? And those lessons they 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 trickle in at some but, point. But your but your background is only but one experience. In other words, you have many different Israelis with many different uh, yeah. experiences and many different backgrounds. So that's what I'm saying is be yeah. careful of simplicity. No, I'm I'm an individualist all the way. Right. I believe that the individual should be at the core of society. That the, every individual is unique in a million different ways, and that's what's beautiful about us. But I think that at the same time, we're you know we've got commonalities. We need to think about them. I want to end with a question. Only on Thursdays. <laughs> and the question is, in all, Probably of, after a bit. in all of your ven- uh, journeys and adventures in campuses and lecture halls, what is the biggest misconception about Israel that you have encountered? Ooh, that's a good one. I think it's that we're all the same. In other words, what I try and show Speaking is... Speaking of... <laughs> <laughs> is, I think that what we try and show, or I try and show in the, the seminars is, one, that there's a... a, a millions upon millions of different individuals here all with their own stories all with their own experience and with their own history and i think that there's a simplification of the uh, conflict of you know israelis are all oppressors all and everyone doesn't like palestinians everyone is like that and what i try and certainly do is to bring out the the individual and the story and the people uh, of israel and to show that at the end of the day you know we have three people uh, here today um you know uh, on your podcast, all disagreeing with each other. Only yeah. one, unfortunately, is right, which was me. <laughs> um, yeah, at, which which I'm also used to, but yeah. uh, that's a problem. That's a it's commonality a commonality between it, us. We all think we're, we're right. all right. <laughs> yeah. On the uh, on the other hand, so is, you know, is uh, what I try and show is the the variety of opinions, uh, etc. You know, we always joke two Jews, three opinions. 
in Israel. As you yeah. know, we have two Israelis, four opinions, five political parties, elections, and we still get Bibi. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> on that uh, upcoming lectures in the world... Absolutely. I'm going to be uh, on the road again in uh, February and March, going to be in the UK, going to be in the US, traveling around. And I, um, I'm also um, going to be speaking. I have webcasts coming up. So check out my website, yeah. awesomeseminars.com. Look for Neil Lazarus, awesomeseminars.com. Yep, that's the one. And Facebook, Twitter. Facebook, Twitter. I'm on Instagram. You can take photos and change them for no real reason. I'm even on Snapchat so we can snap. I'm not sure why, but they seem to like it. You know how to work Snapchat? Yeah. I have never. Neither am I. He just discovered what a story is. Yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, we did a story the other day, and he said goodbye. And then my sister had to tell him, you don't need to say goodbye. She's managing our our Instagram, so thanks, Inbar. And yeah, she said, you don't say goodbye in the end of uh, of Of your story. story. So I'm on social media. Awesome (laughs) seminars. Guys, Uh, check them out. Neil Lazarus, obviously a very interesting, fascinating dude. And good looking. And good looking. forgot that bit. And if Thin. he talks too much, he's not boring. <laughs> Very interesting. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. Before we go, we have a collaboration with the Jewish Journal, jewishjournal.com, news outlet in Los Angeles. Check them out. Amazing articles. David Suisa, his podcast, and all kinds of interesting. Shmuel Rosner. Yeah. And really, really interesting fellas. And so check out jewishjournal.com and donate, guys. We do this on our free time. So if you got any spare cash uh, or, you know, your daughter's college savings, just throw it our way. Absolutely. Give them your college savings. <laughs> yeah. Give them all. Just give it to us all. Uh, thanks. Thank you, Neil. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So fascinating. Much. Cheers. Bye.